This is B-Side. I'm Tamara Keith, and I'm about to meet my neighbors. Well, uh, at least I think I am. Um, And I really have no idea how this is going to go. Um, I've been living here in this neighborhood for about three months, and I really haven't met any of my neighbors. I've tried. Um, I wave hello to the guy across the street, but he doesn't really acknowledge me. And the the guy who lives by the bus stop, um, I've said hello a couple of times while I was waiting for the bus when he came out to his car, but he didn't say hello back. So, um, I'm kind of dreading this. Um, you know, (laughs) when I came up with this idea of taping the show by meeting my neighbors, I thought it would be a good idea, but now it just seems kind of scary. Um, There's a neighbor across the street. He's taking stuff out to his car. Seems like a captive audience. Let's go talk to him. Hi there. Hi. I live across the street, and I do a little radio show, and I decided I would try to meet my neighbors by taping my radio show. (laughs) So do you live here? Yes. Okay. Yes. Can you tell me your name? My name is Charles Homer. And I'm Tamara. And I live in that house over there with the green door. Okay. So how long have you lived in the neighborhood? I've been here since 1963. What do you think of this neighborhood? I don't like the street, unfortunately. It's too busy. I I, I totally agree on that. And it seems like the neighborhood is sort of transitioning. In that some of the... People who have been around forever aren't here anymore. Well, let's face it. Um, next door. Um, it was he and his wife, and there was three boys and a girl. The girl was in a bassinet when I got here. She's now had three children. One you just saw uh, go past. And uh, I guess she's, what, six or seven years old now? No, it's it's changed. It was a it was a young uh, crowd here, and I've seen them grow up. I've seen them marry, and uh, and I've seen some of them die. And and then it and becomes then new, a new young the crowd, new, new crowd again. Yes, yes. Now I want to ask you one question about our neighborhood. Okay. All of the fences are these little short chain link fences where you can see in everybody's backyard I don't mind them Uh, my father put that one up between our two houses mainly because we were buying he was buying a beagle for a hunting dog and uh, my neighbor next door said that uh, he doesn't particularly like it Uh, I don't mind chain links Uh, I think some people think that well they're from the common neighborhood uh, I don't know. Call me common. No, I won't call you common. <laughs> <laughs> but you can sort of see in everybody's yards around here. Yeah. What do you think that does to the neighborhood dynamic? I don't think it changes. It, you know, if you don't like it, you put up a fence row like that, and then you got to trim it all the time. Well, thank you for talking to me. Oh, good meeting you. Well, that went... Okay, <laughs> that actually went pretty well. Uh, so our first story is uh, from Eve Abrams, and it's about a neighborhood within a neighborhood in New Orleans. 
And the dynamics there are special, or, well, maybe unique is a better word. Here's Eve. Before moving to the truck farm, I never knew a backyard in the middle of a city could sound like this. The truck farm is four houses with a giant shared backyard. When my landlords bought and restored the shotgun house where I live, they found a sign that said truck farm. The lore goes that horses used to live back here. I'm not the best with measurements, but I'd say our yard is the size of a small city park. There's this big open green space and a wooded area and a garden. There are banana trees and fig trees and half a dozen citrus trees. My neighbors and I share this space, among other things. This past spring, there was a wedding here in the yard. And for the last three years, there's been a musical festival here with two stages. Last year, Soul Asylum played. The thing is, from the front of the house, you would never know that this oasis was back here. I sometimes say I live in Eden in the ghetto. St. Claude is the northern border of our neighborhood, Bywater, and it's about five blocks away from the Mississippi River, which means that we're some of the lucky New Orleanians who live on the high ground. Beginning about 20 years ago, musicians and artists made their way to the working class Bywater from nearby Marigny and the French Quarter. A traditional gentrifying path followed, and it's still a really mixed neighborhood. There are Section 8 houses, middle-class white folks, lots of artists, musicians, circus folks, black and white, living on the fringe. Knock, knock! Oh, hey! Where's Courtney? Oh, how you doing? Courtney and Alex moved into the truck farm about three years ago. They're friends and neighbors, and they do their laundry in the washing machine, which sits on our back porch just outside the kitchen window. It's a weird experiment here. <laughs> you think of it as an experiment? I think it's an interesting thing, place for people to be, yeah, because it's not quite, it's not a commune. We're not, we never like, you know, we didn't sign leases with each other, but we all live in this place and we all love it, and we all want to share it, but it's interesting. The boundary, the boundary thing, I think we've just kind of naturally worked out. We're lucky, too, because we have a lot of good people right now. Before we go any further, I should tell you that the truck farm, like most of the Bywater, fared pretty well structurally in terms of Hurricane Katrina. Flood water came about a fist's distance from our floorboards, but luckily it stopped there. A few truck farm trees were knocked around and a roof came off one of the houses, but the main damage was the same kind that every New Orleanian experienced, a massive, expansive upheaval to every aspect of regular life. Where people lived and who they lived near was one of the many things that got reshuffled by the storm. For Courtney, this rearrangement made her cling to her boundaries. It was hard because I, I have a beautiful back porch, and it was a great like sort of double-edged sword at first. Where I was like, I'm supposed to be loving this. I'm so happy to be here, and I have the screen-in porch that I've never had before and so much space. And I got really strange. I got really weirded out. I wanted to put up plants. I wanted to absolutely blockade the back so they couldn't see me, I couldn't see them, because I just wasn't used to that. I felt pretty exposed, and I wasn't ready to... I don't know, be so bold, I suppose. And so I got a bunch of plants, and I felt like I was armoring my, my place and my, my space. And it felt kind of like a natural thing, but I felt, I felt like I should be above that, but I wasn't. What the hell, I, like, got my, I put up my fences. <laughs> this is the thing about neighbors, especially when you share space with them. You have to know how to communicate, 
sometimes without actually overtly communicating. It's not always clear what's public and what's private. Instead of fences, there are these fuzzy boundaries. We know when to interact and when to ignore one another. That's Helena, another one of my truck farm neighbors. I mean, it's just logical. Well, okay, let's say that I'm in a dark mood and I emerge and avoid eye contact with my neighbors. They are respectful of that. And likewise, you know. Next to us on St. Claude Avenue, just outside the truck farm, our neighbors include several Mexican laborers and a homeless schizophrenic man. I know some of these folks, and I say hello to them. But my relationship with them is different. It's friendly, but detached. Before we evacuated from Hurricane Gustav, we told each other where we were going, and we wished each other luck. But with my truck farm neighbors, we borrowed power tools to board up the windows and helped each other turn off the gas lines. And after we left, we called and emailed to make sure everybody was okay. All of us who live here at the truck farm, musicians, artists, doers of odd jobs, we fit right into the neighborhood. But there are things we share with each other which we don't share with people outside the yard. In a way, we're like a neighborhood within a neighborhood. We definitely have our boundaries, but boundaries come in all sorts of variations. And just like neighbors, some make us feel more exposed than others. Gotta get on. Gotta get on out. All these worried trouble thoughts got to get on out of my That was Eve Abrams. Her story was edited by Mia Lobel. Coming up next, I'm going to knock on the door of the house by the bus stop and see if they'll say hello to me now. <laughs>